Hello, campers. So you and I went to public schools. Many people did. I also went to some private school. So none of that's relevant because none of us were taught what I'm about to show you in school. What the first portions of this, the first like up to triangulation I learned in the military. Some of it I kind of learned in science class, but you really have to just walk your way through each step and well, we're gonna go talk about it. So welcome to three-dimensional space. Three-dimensional space is where my hand and this marker is. This is two-dimensional space. It's real simple. This isn't real, but it's very real to us. This is this is the inside of our mind, especially when you're a baby. And we're going to call this a point in three-dimensional space, okay? It has no mass. It does not have an X, Y, and Z axis. It is technically a mirage. In reality, it is a mirage. It has no mass, but you can see it because your binocular vision. Don't worry about your fucking vision. Or don't worry about your sight. Worry about your vision, okay? Your binocular sight is how you see things. Your vision is what your third eye does in your brain. Like, that is your imagination. So, let's keep it here like this is where this is reality where my hand is and this is where thermodynamics applies this is the world of philosophy right here so we're not going to fuck this up 3d space is right here 2d space is right here there is one more dimension called the fourth dimension that is time we made it up i'll get into it later maybe not so one point in and of itself it's fundamentally irrelevant it just is what what can we say about this thing other than its location in three-dimensional space how do you find it? There's an X and a Y and a Z axis that goes through right there. X, Y. Y is this way at Z. So when I say this is the Z axis here, and this is the Y, and this is the X, okay? That is how everything in three-dimensional space is basically figured out, okay? And that's it. It's three-dimensional space. It's an awful lot. For one stinking point. So now we're going to add another point. This would be called a line segment. However, this is where you and I have to start being able to follow a train of thought or logic or whatever. You have to go from the first point to the second point, and that is simple navigation. You can see these two points. So it's not super difficult, really. When you add ye oldie third point, we come into a concept called triangulation. Now, triangulation works in three-dimensional space, and it is mathematically precise. It is not like you and I. It is philosophy to the relevant extent that what, we're, what I'm discussing really never leaves the board. What I perform in three-dimensional space is navigation and I apply the concept of triangulation to navigation so you don't triangulate in three-dimensional space you navigate well there's multiple principles that go around the triangle that have to be properly understood and the one I'm gonna I'm gonna get let's start with this 180 degrees is the angle of all the internal angles added up for a triangle and when you shift the point around, these angles will change. And, and that's basically how it functions. I'm not going to teach that class because I probably screwed up a little bit. But everybody needs to understand that this is not a debate. That is how triangles function. So 
when I say that right now you and I are technically not performing triangulation, we are performing quadrangulation because the camera is at the focal. The camera has the God's eye view over here. This point is the one you're looking from, but it's not represented on the model. So when you are performing navigation in three-dimensional space, you do it with a map, okay? And that map is the God's eye view. And if you forget that that fourth point is the one that you're using all the time, you don't recognize you're performing quadrangulation, you think you're triangulating on a map. Well, there's another concept that goes with triangulation that I like to, that I like to mix together, and it's Venn diagrams, okay? I think that's the best way to do this. Okay, I've been having some marker issues, so I want to help everyone with some Venn diagrams. As you can see, I got a blue triangle, I got a blue circle, I got a red circle, and I got a purple circle. Okay, and we're going to go through all of these interactions. Let me get my dumb colors out. So what we got here, blue, we're going to call blue, one. We're going to call red, two. Red is pissing me off today. And we're going to call purple, three. Okay? Now, when we mix blue and red, over here, we're going to get a purple. But this is segment four, this is five, and this is six. Okay? So there's two types a Venn, like a simple Venn diagram is just one and two, and you look at this third, this third ellipse in the middle. And, and that's pretty simple. That's how red and blue make purple. That's a simple thing, and I basically expect everybody to kind of be able to do that on their own. Okay? When we start applying Venn diagrams to a triangle, and we're going to start attempting to use the triangulation style, we're not, it doesn't mathematically precision do this, but if you need to think about time, scope, and cost, just to anchor this to something, this is the template. You could do this with just about anything, and I'll get into a bit of that later. But, damn, that too is ugly. Okay. So, we got two ways that we can look at this. It's 0 through 6, and it's 1 through 7. Okay? 1 through 7 is almost what you see here. This, this Venn diagram, I, I used a protractor, a semicircle type of protractor, and it helped me a lot. Right in here, see where all of these three don't come together? <clears throat> that is a demonstration of zero through six. You have six options, but they do not synergize right there in the middle. So this is outside of the Venn diagram. <clears throat> so is that. So when I say, when you, are, when you do your time scope, and cost, and you know what you're doing, that hole doesn't exist. That will become number seven. And that is where these three are supposed to synergize together. Okay? But if they don't synergize properly, you get that silly little hole in the middle, and it becomes zero. And you believe, okay? You've surrounded this data point right here with all the stuff that you think you're doing, and you've made it so relevant, might as well be out here. Okay? So if you don't understand these interactions, you will end up with a zero where you think you got a lucky number seven and you just, it's not gonna work like that. It just isn't gonna work like that. 
So I understand this is a bit of a vague class because you have to apply this template to, like I'm looking at this as time and scope and cost, but these are the interactions. So you try to understand your interactions and, you know, developing a cost rubric, time, scope, cost, developing your cost rubric has so many things to it. There's so many, there's so much financials in the cost rubric that this really is just a template. The template doesn't get interesting, really, until you add this point right here, because that's where you turn this whole fucking thing into a tetrahedron. This is where quadrangulation and triangulation really come together, because that's four triangles. So when you triangulate four times, all you have to do is leave one of these points stationary. You can check all your work. Okay? When you leave one point, uh, the way triangulation works in the military, you will be at this point, you will see two distant points, you will look down at your map, you will do the lines on your map, and you will say from this point, I, when, I, when I have my compass bearing is 300, uh, that is a church over here, and when my compass bearing is 050, or 045, my compass bearing over here shows a church. So I got a church over here, and I got a building over here, and I have now triangulated my position on my map. Well, this is the point that your map exists at. So when you want to start using this rubric, the same way you use triangulation, you have to add a fourth point, you get four triangles. This is where most people get led astray in three-dimensional space, because most academics will tell you this, that there's one point, there's two points. There's three points, and then there's four points, and they will draw you a square. That is plain. This is three-dimensional. So 2D, 2D space is comprised of flatness, and 3D space is comprised of three-dimensional objects. And if you use them incorrectly and you start practicing your two-dimensional theories over here, you better anchor it to one side because it doesn't float around this really doesn't float too well in the middle. It's just, a, imagine a piece of paper inside of this, this tetrahedron. It, it would only fit so many, it would, it, it's just a slice. It's just a sliver of that whole thing. So the rules of philosophy very well apply in two-dimensional space because there is no philosophy in three-dimensional space. There's humans and there's motion. There's rate of change. That is, that is not theory. Everything I'm doing here on the board, I didn't do anything. I drew pictures. So if you understand the theory and the, the insight that this is two-dimensional space, and just because you can make it happen on paper doesn't mean you can do it outside, these are the interactions. It's a little sloppy, it's a little chaotic, but that's how it functions. Once you learn to triangulate, you know, time, scope, go cost, right? On your triangle, when you add a fourth point, it doesn't really matter what that fourth point is. As long as it's germane, you have to fill in these rubrics. Your time rubric, if you play around with this, you'll just fail. You just fail. Time is a philosophy. We made it up. We attached it to science. There is no time in three-dimensional space. So because we don't have time in three-dimensional space, this is always a beautiful anchor. Now, let me show you more specifically how that works. You've got scope over here and you've got cost over here. Um, you know what? I'm going to err in that corner there, so I'll just go from here. Okay, so this is your time. The time between here and this interaction, there is nothing you could do about this. 
no amount of money can fill in the gap between here and here. This is just seconds on a clock. No amount of money, no amount of shrinking our project so that this is smaller so we can make it go faster. Nope. Understand that in your rubric, this is time and the distance between here and here is tomorrow morning. You can't fix anything between now and tomorrow morning. Right here is where time and scope come together. I'm sorry, time, scope, and cost finally all meet right here. Now, sk skip over that hole in the middle because now we're going to function this as if it's one through seven. So time comes up to this point, and this is where time it meets cost and scope. The difference between here and here is where you can add money to make your amount of time go this way. It's where you can retract your scope to use less time, or you go the other way. You add more money, you hire more people, and you could send your scope this direction. So this is the, basically how you would slide this back and forth. When your scope gets smaller, your time gets smaller. When your scope gets bigger, your time has to get bigger. If nothing changes, don't expect your scope to change. This is, again, this is when you want your philosophy, your scope of, uh, a scope is a philosophy. Your operations, your operational footprint is what's in three-dimensional space. So don't confuse the scope of operations with your operational footprint, and your footprint doesn't get bigger unless you put time or money into it. So this is how quadrangulation works. I like to put ethics up here because ethics do affect your scope, ethics do affect your cost, and they will add to your time. However, if you don't factor your ethics in, sure, your time might get smaller, your scope might get bigger, and it might all get cheaper, but you're just a murderer. Okay, you're a fraud, you're, you're Sam Brankman freed if you think you could dick around with this. Dishonestly, there's amateurs and there's obviously frauds and this is how you just avoid frauding your, defrauding yourself with ignorance. That's it. That's all this is really designed to do. So I'm gonna do a couple of examples of quadrangulation where people can, uh, can just have a look at it and see how this applies to other things. Okay, so here's two examples of how you can apply the concept and principles, the concept of quadrangulation, triangulation, and the principles to other things. I have psychology and language, okay? Uh, my markers are being shitty, so I have purple, brown, green, red, purple, brown, green, red, okay? If you fight, 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 Flight, freeze, fuck, fight, fight, fuck, freeze. This is kind of human reaction in a quadrangulable model. But you're going to run away. Wherever you are, these are the decisions you will make in three-dimensional space. So this is it, it, just understanding that the concept, this is not triangulation. This is not math. But this is how you assemble a rubric so that you can kind of not lose track of one of your things you can anchor it to something else. So it'll get, you're just checking your work really and you're preventing your rate of change from going unnoticed. When you do this, pure, like, you know, on the two-dimensional model, look at language. You have to understand something about language. Uh, lots of people will say that language is not objective. Well, this part of it is it because it's not an object. We've basically turned these symbols Number one, your text right here. This is an object in three-dimensional space. 
this text right here, in the theory, it, it's just in front of us. But this is text being text, okay? This is to be. This is the verb. It's here in three-dimensional space in our two-dimensional model. And this is where I tell people, you got to understand a paradox. A human is a consciousness trapped in a primate. If you have a feeling about something, it is not necessarily relevant. You have to know how to think about it, teach it, speak it, okay? And this is where, this is like the world of the lawyer and the liar and the attorney and the politician. They're all, you know, three of those four are the same. So when you are trying to not be misunderstood and you want to demonstrate the objectivity of language, that the portions that, it, once you add the word cipher, the objectivity on the organizational model disappears, but the concept of language doesn't somehow become subjective then. No, it doesn't. A lot of this is just grammar that people are taught, but it, it doesn't function that way. Again, this is the word text in three-dimensional space, and it is being the thing that it says. A symbol, this is a symbol, L-O-B. This is comprised of symbols. This is text. <laughs> so, when we state that language is objective, these things are a type of code, okay? Code is not subjective. Code is done correctly or incorrectly. And then someone will say, well, the definition and the logic. Some person can change the meaning of the text by changing the definition or the logic. This is the world of the lawyer. This is not the world of the scholar. You don't get to say that what is on this board isn't objective. They're objects. They're, they exist in three-dimensional space to the extent I can immediately erase them. But that's it. That is the definition of text. The end. We can't, if you want to start fucking around with the logic that this isn't what it says it is, then you're just a lawyer. And that's, that's a fundamental issue. The next stage of that argument is language doesn't come together objectively. And I'm stating this language is code and started objectively. But we'll get to that later. Like that's, that's a whole other talk about language. This is a talk about quadrangulation. So when you get into, if you change one of these things, uh, political people, anybody who believe, voters, they believe they know how to do things, they like to change a context to affirm the sounds coming out of them and the definition in the text that they understand. <coughs> Excuse me. So many. This, uh, this is context or environment. I put enviro because then I had to move this over. This is environment. You can't change the environment with your words. So a lot of people start talking about the context or the environment as if it changes as quickly as a human can change a definition like a lawyer. And this is where... When you, when a human makes a sound, you should know how that is spelled and how it is defined. The context you might not understand, but this, this, and this, you should be able to triangulate all of this by talking to the other human. When you got a lawyer in there, he's trying to give you this and this, but neither of these. And he's trying to run you around. He wants you using two points. He wants you running back and forth. He don't, that, that's exactly how that works. So when I say you must understand language when placed like this doesn't change and this is how you do it correctly because you aren't trying to lawyer your way through anything so i would love to sit down and remind steven pinker none of this is a debate however however when someone decides to cipher this word so that there are no more e's there are no more s's and now we're going to take langua 
and we're going to change that into a different set of six characters, I could change lingua to the word victor. And victor now means language in a different text or context or definition. It depends on what you are stating that your rate of change is. Because once you change the text, you've changed the code. In the same way that a coder is not permitted to change one symbol and then pretend that it is the same thing that they were talking about. Nope. Once you change your text, you've changed your code. If you've changed your text and you didn't change your definition, it is incorrect. If your definition does not apply to the context in which you place it, because the environment does not permit, you're bullshit. The sound coming out of you is garbage. That's it. So this is the best way I could describe how to quadrangulate. And the last slide here, I'll just make a slide, is, is what I will say that the context of what I'm telling you, there's a greater context that goes on outside of our window. I gotta raise the board to show you. Okay, campers. So the last portion of this, I have to break it down just a little bit farther for what might be considered the pragmatic understanding of it, okay? A tetrahedron has four triangles, one, two, three, four. And ABC is one triangle. You know, each, as you can see over here, A, this is triangle A, triangle B, triangle C, triangle D. And they're all different. Now, if you were to try to write these down, you would not come up technically. You don't come up with 33 combinations. Technically, you do not. However, you have to figure, you have to factor each triangle in and of itself. Okay? So AB does not equal BA. So this line over here, AB, is not the same as this line over here. Even though on a tetrahedron it is, you'd have to understand that um, order of operations. Because you're using this as a logical template and not math, you still don't get to violate the rules of logic. So AB is not necessarily BA in logical rules. So just understanding the difference, uh, it's nuances. In each one of these, you have either zero through six or one through seven. That's a total of eight options you must check. Zero being four of them, okay? You're looking for each one of these to have a hole in the middle. If, it, 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 if your synergy isn't on any one side, you'll have that hole in the middle. So you have eight total options, you've got four. That's 32 total options. That's how that quadrangulation rubric functions. And then there is an extra option. A, B, C, D is on the inside of a tetrahedron. It will synergize in, in the same way that one through seven synergizes in the center of the, of the triangle. Uh, a, B, C, D synergize on the inside of the triangle. It is the very center. You will, you'll basically not be able to see it from the outside. So when I say this, see this symbol here, the Masonic symbol? This is what they're sucking each other's dicks for down at the lodge. They don't teach you in public school to quadrangulate. No, they don't. But they definitely do know how to run a racket and they know how to make people do things for their career that will subordinate them. And you know, these kinds of groups, they're, they're basically known for being predatory. 
you can, unless you're on the inside and you're part of it, you're just being preyed upon by the group. That's, that's basically how it works. So if you think what I'm saying is completely off, look at this symbol. It's a carpenter square and a protractor. So you're going to measure and you're going to do all this shit with these two things. Because that's fundamentally what I did it with. I used... I didn't use a draftsman's compass. I used this. And I used this, a straight edge. So when I tell you... This is how you have to logically watch your own rate of change, not drop the ball, and have a, you know have one point that isn't allowed to move at any given time, so you can you know check your work. That's basically what card regulation is about. And I got strange to you, these people have known it for a real long time. Just because they don't put it out in a public school doesn't mean shit. They don't put it on a lot of stuff in a public. They don't teach you how to do taxes in a public school. They'll expect you to do them. They'll tell. They'll preach up to one side and down the other to you. Oh yeah, taxes for civil society, blah blah blah. But they won't teach you how to do them. Lo and behold, it's just a shifting rubric according to a politician. What's it supposed to be this year? Unless you're a lawyer, you get taken. So, I assure you, the lawyers know that this is code. And if they don't, <laughs> doesn't matter. It is. So, I assure you, these guys know this. There's no way. There's no. I mean, I don't have any. What's the highest degree of Mason? <laughs> They're up here. These you suck dicks and you murder people till you get to here. At Thirty-three. You're either born born this way or you don't get corrupted and ended up in the hierarchy. You just go right to the top. You're like, oh, we can't fucking bust this guy's balls. As long as you got money and skills, you go right to the top of the Masons. You got to murder nobody. So when I say this is kind of how quadrangulation works, but you know how does this apply to the outside life? There's corruption in every facet, and and. You know, I just throw the Masonic thing in here so you can look at, well, this coincidence has shown up yet again. And everybody should learn how to quadrangulate. And they should also learn how to parse out a coincidence and recognize that this group of people does not have, if they only look out for themselves and you are not one, might as well be another nation state. Okay? If Americans are supposed to help out Americans because we all live here, Germans are supposed to help out Germans because they all live there. That group might as well be foreign invaders on, on your soil. Some of them might be nice, but most of them are part of a system. And they'll do things to people outside the system. And I like to teach people inside. This is the system. I don't give a fuck what these people say. If they, if they co-opted this, if they didn't, they tell me I'm wrong. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about none of this. But, man, the coincidences start to add up when you take all of these concepts, put them right together. I've been a G since way back. So... I'm not a Mason. My last name is Garrett. So I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff in the abstract. I give a fuck. In, in reality, I don't give a fuck about the Masons. In the abstract, everybody needs to really learn how to quadrangulate. They need to learn how to think. And they need to understand nuances. And when, and when I say nuances, this isn't fucking simple. I'm certain because line AB and line BA are on different triangles in the same tetrahedron and i know all lines work and you're saying they're the same line no you're looking at the same line from a different angle which is backwards now so you have to make sure that you account for your shit forward and backwards yet another concept of making sure that your rate of change doesn't have everything changing and you can at least nail it down to time okay thank you for your time campers have a good week
When all of your flaws and all of my flaws are laid out one by one A wonderful part of the mess that we made, we pick ourselves undone All of your flaws and all of my flaws, they lie there hand in hand Ones we've inherited, ones that we learned They pass from man to man There's a hole in my soul I can't fill it 